Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tried and True, a podcast hosted by Delaware War Machine. I am your host, Paul. I'm Erica. Hi, I'm Andy. It's been a minute. I hope everybody had a uh, good Fourth of July and had a very, very good summer. Erica and I were, you know, you you and I were very busy, so that was fun. Yeah, we got to uh, do our our two weeks of National Guard training, high quality, good training. It was a lot of fun, actually. We uh, we conducted our first trauma workshop. It's a pretty pretty big deal for our unit, and it was a lot of fun. I I don't know if we can, but I really do want to do a plug or a shout out to TechLine Trauma. Those guys were fantastic with everything they ended up putting out for us. It's by far the best medical training that I've had. And I hands down was like one of my favorite ATs I've had in a real long time. Yeah, shout out to uh, Dave Perry and his team. You guys put on one hell of a show. They will never hear this, but (laughs) that's sweet anyway. And then Andy, you ended up having your own side adventure. I wouldn't call it a side adventure. It was it was the main quest, I think. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, me and Rick went to Siege. Siege was a lot of fun. Uh, it was my first year going. I w- didn't really know what to expect. We ended up going to both Tennessee and Mississippi. I didn't realize Terrence lived in Mississippi. So we went for a giant barbecue. It was an excellent, excellent food. Great hospitality, you know. Dude, like, that's why I want to go, man. I like, I want the barbecue, dude. Uh, those pictures looked amazing. I need me some Tennessee barbecue. Damon, Terrence, Zeke, I am, I'm going to try and make it out there next year. Yeah, I'm bringing vegetables next time, man. (laughs) All right, well, let's go ahead and take a moment. For everybody who is listening to this podcast, thank you so much for giving us your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, Shout out to More Than Dice for giving us a platform to go ahead and share all the good stuff and plenty of other good podcasts that are out there. And we want to also go ahead and thank our patrons on Patreon for your continued support. Thank you for everything. Y'all rock. And you you know want to join the calls? Feel free to take a look at the Patreon link down in the show notes below. I just wanted to to say to... is you know the bad the bad rep editor thank you patrons this is this has been a huge milestone for us we've almost uh, hit the point where we've been able to cover all of our pre-production costs which is uh which is pretty exciting for us uh, our next goal after that is to actually purchase a real camera <laughs> to help with our project so uh just thank you guys so much we couldn't have done it without your support really what she means is we're almost not in the red every episode <laughs> <laughs> we're almost there baby <laughs> But seriously, like the support from those individuals has really been able to help us out and everything we've been able to go and make. So really, honestly, thank you, everybody, for for all that. All right. So let's go ahead and hit into the current event of things. So since the last time that we had our last episode, a lot of things have happened. Every single Legacy Prime army is now out. So Cephalix, what else? The Trolls, Immortals. Your Shadows. Oh, my God. I love my Shadows. They just run in every single direction. Dude, Madrak's my boy. Curl Company is, is nuts. It's real good. Yeah, we need to talk about some of these numbers real quick when we when we get to when we get to that part. <laughs> the the unit shenanigans when it comes to the sprint because of Narn, it just feels like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles guy when he's like Ninja Vanish and like they all like sprint in all like different directions. I just uh makes me so happy playing that list so here's a question for you guys so paul since you play ret and uh, andy since you play trolls right do you feel that the newer legacy armies that have come out for these quote-unquote factions like do you think there's a significant power spike or uh, utility compared to the og armies that came out for these factions 100 percent. no there's no there's no argument in my opinion andy what do you think i don't think in all ways i think very specific models are Lynch pins to these lists like your spears of Syrah are clearly like they 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 
there's a lot of there's a lot I disagree with going on with those. <laughs> are those are those those <laughs> models that got to like def seventeen in that one game? Andy? They're the but... ones who you can't kill. You can't knock them down. They stand there and they engage you forever. Yeah, I, I like had uh they they'll just like lock down a whole zone and you have to just kill all of them and then if you kill anything outside the unit then they all like will get you know here's, a, a box here's the, back. Here's the problem: you kill one, then you kill the next one, and the one you just killed heals. No, 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 no. That's not how it works because it's a uh, it's I think the ruling of it it's like another model that's outside the unit. So if you look closely on on the wording of it, you can knock out every single model within the Spears of Syrah. That's perfectly fine, but you can't knock out somebody else. I think I think the way in Human Resolves written is it's model like it's just it's a unit it's a model here. I, I, we have the technology. Keep keep talking. I'll look I'll say it. this. Hey, I'm gonna. Hey, here's my tech with it. You throw them. You also put out nail that guy that no one ever saw, right? Because he's a pain in order to go ahead and deal with them. Unless you like throw him away, right? But because of his uh eight inch like explosion thing, like. Put him up on one side. Put the spears like close enough to be able to to get the uh, the the proc off. Uh, it's it just there's good jamming in that. But going back to what you were saying, I think these shadows. It just feels better, like compared to Legions of the Dawn. Like Assyria is my go-to caster every single time. But like I feel like I'm required to take virus two or helena like i'm not excited to take either one of them i think that's a problem even with the new armies too like n- not everybody is getting treated e- don't make me talk about gristle all right please don't make yeah, me talk Gristle's about gristle's like hey i'm in the game you guys <laughs> i'm just saying this is that with shadows raven thyron and gary two are all very very dynamic casters and i could i really have to think who am i actually doing a list pair with now as opposed to assyria and whatever you know bald-headed person i want to bring with me yeah that, that's how i feel an exemplar like serenia is is quite good like she's very very good she supports everything really well i don't know who to pair her with so i just drop serenia every game like that's how exemplar works do you think that some of these older uh, armies are gonna get a like a look over or do you think like this is it we're we're moving on to mark four i'd assume their yearly update all, a lot of the legacy stuff's gonna get looked at i think some of the new stuff's gonna get looked at too uh, um, yeah i'm hoping for that someone that's getting into dusk i hope so <laughs> looking at you storm legion yeah but the 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 different options are cool i'll say this though at least when it comes to shadow i'm very disappointed that thyron got rid of his meat blender feet but i think for for that was too good i you know in in the world of two inches of units i'm pretty certain it makes sense but it 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 did kind of hurt if you have two mage hunters assassins your opponent's not allowed to have infantry anymore (laughs) that's it's you're just not allowed to have them it's gone i I just still remember my one game where Issian like removed like three units of Ghost Fleet like on his own. I'm like, I- I'm sorry about it, man. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's so just, dumb. It does not work. It's not okay. Did you find out about your Inhuman and Resolve? Yes, it's 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 on some of my uh, it's on some of my exemplar models. So I I knew it's it references the model. So if you kill another model in the unit, it'll proc. When a model is disabled, I'm almost always it. When a friendly model within ten inches of this model is destroyed by an attack after the attack is resolved. Oh, they have to hit the destroyed and they'll. That's- no, why. No, That's yeah, why. you're right, you're right. None of them can hit yep. the destroyed point before the uh, the turn's over. I gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. Again, I'm going to advocate for that savagery card. It is the Mark IV tax. Oh, yeah, it's it's required. <laughs> Y'all better put that in your list if you're not doing it. It's it's definitely a tool that I look at in every single thing now. Like, it's what they call it uh, in my Orgoth. I'm like taking Molgeth more now just to have like access to a Grievous Wounds like on a model like every single game. And then, of course, the, the Deathly Strike on legions of dawn but yeah i i miss not having the takedown 
ability on all my uh, ninjas and shadows so i'm looking at the savagery card again but it's definitely good just really quick talking about like grievous and mortal wounding stuff people laugh at the uh, the seeker warden the ua for dusk that little guy's great uh because he's got fell court uh fell curse uh, which is a great tool with the way that units move now you can really uh you know jimmy jam that guy in there it doesn't have a tropic forest that's what that is Yep, yep. So within five inches, you can't tough or have damage removed from you. Yeah, it's like you got a little little mobile friggin' cart auras going around. Uh, I don't know. Just uh, I guess before we uh, we leave some of the new armies, so, some of the math on this stuff is like is like pretty insane. So I play my husband Andy quite frequently, and I've been on the receiving end of uh, Madrak and uh, who are the sword guys, Andy? He makes fen blades real good. The fen blades. All right, look, <laughs> those are real good. With, with the Madrak, you guys. All they're right, expensive. With the they're like ten. I points. don't care. Look, they get. Long story short, they get mat eleven. What? Like what? What is that? I mean, the math works, right? They're at seven, and then they have gang, as long as you don't carve out their attachment, which is relatively easy to do. That's what I started doing. Yeah, it's it's real mm-hmm. it's not I don't I don't have many ways to protect him, so he's just there. And then positive charge is is probably one of the better spells in the game. So, you know, there's plus two plus two from that. So Mat eleven power sixteen cavalry charges coming out of your melee infantry. Math checks out, everybody. All right, so let's go ahead and, and talk about other stuff that's going on. I, did you guys end up seeing that leak when Trash Pandas exploded and, like, Brine Blood and Chimera? Oh, yeah. And- no, so, I live no, under no, a rock. No, no, yeah. So, uh, funny story. Uh, Andy and I were actually driving to Virginia on a wedding when that happened, and I was like, no, because I, like, I love doing my shorts and my stupid little, uh, you know, videos, and I'm just like, oh, it's such a, it's such a wonderful opportunity, and we are in a car on the way to the wedding. So we were kind of being informed of this leak while in transit to Virginia. Yeah, I I was in the office at the uh, time. I ended up just opening up my app and then I ended up like seeing like a a download update. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But then like everything on Trash Panda and exploding saying like, oh, look, all the different rules are out. So yeah, Chimera got got released. (laughs) (laughs) It got released. Yeah, pre-released and stuff. But um, I think I think I want to say like Matt Wilson on some... um, Prime cast, he ended up coming. I was like, ah, we, uh, we were wanted to spin it as in, like, we were, you know, hey, little sneak peek, but no, it was actually a, a mess up. So. I, uh, I, I would also um, maybe caution too. I wouldn't look too much into, like, Chimera, for example. Like, those rules. Oh, they look real rough. They, yeah, uh, or, they're they're, or they might be placeholders. So I don't know how much. Um, you know, I would put behind what, Brian, what got. Brian Bloods look look like a lot of fun, though. They look they look really yes. cool. They're they're the first they're the first army that's actually tempting me in Mark IV so far. Where I'm like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> a big control army. Uh oh. Yeah, they um. So I'm I'm expecting. Yeah, I agree with what you were saying, Erica. I think that there's probably gonna be a lot of rules that are gonna end up being changed. I think the the Brian Bloods got got shown off as well, and I. Correct me if I'm wrong, but then like the Colossals and the Gargantuans also got released as well because I think I remember seeing that as well. Yeah, but they're um, they're out now. They're old news now. They're in that. They're in everybody's yeah. app now. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is that I I don't know, but it's it, like wherever there's pictures, I, I I know there's like someone like posted them like online or something. But I'm just interested in, in checking to see like when the Colossals and stuff got released compared to when they ended up having the leak and just seeing if there was any like minor changes between that because i think that can give you kind of an idea of like how much can end up changing when things get released like i don't ever i don't ever trust any of the leaks i just pretend it doesn't exist until they they put they put something else out because yeah, i mean it's it's kind of a look behind the curtain of what's you know what's coming up the pipeline 
speaking of colossals, have you built any uh, any lists with your with your nonsense ones yet? I heard the ret ones are real good. Helios, Helios's gun actually does damage now. I'm really happy by that. Yeah, he also has power <laughs> field. I don't know if that's okay. Uh, he's he's great. He's wonderful. I don't know if that's okay for a colossal to have. He's 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 fine. He's okay. He got the repulsor field as well. He got rid of the poltergeist ability, which I think it's like if he ended up being missed. You would you get pushed away? D three inches, right? I mean, he's he'd be a def twelve model in melee, like yeah, cool. But I don't know. I feel like twelve is a pretty easy number to hit, so I wasn't really um, too upset by that. People get pissed at actually... troll heavies all the time being defense twelve. Trust me. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's great. I'm excited about Hyperion. I'm stoked that he's an AOE four. I, I thought like everything was going to like AOE three, so when it's all four, that was pretty exciting. And he still kept crit consume. So the fact that I can pull him in both shadows and in legions means that both Raven and Assyria will definitely enjoy having that model on the list because of the open fire rolls and stuff. Though my challenge though is because of the points wise, they still only count as one Jack. Uh, cohort model. Yeah. So that's like a problem with like trying to really like shoehorn like certain models in and stuff. It hasn't really felt like that big of a problem for me because generally I want a couple Jacks regardless. Like in Mark Three, there were a lot of lists where I would build like. Sevi and a single colossal, or who else wanted just one jack? Uh, a high reclaimer and a single colossal, that kind of thing. Now I don't feel that way. Like I at least have a couple utility beasts along with it, and I, I, I kind of don't have enough infantry that I really just want to only play infantry with a single colossal. So my take on it is that for Raven, I love open fire and having the different fired heavies. Or, or actually really just the different fire jacks just having options for my different guns mm-hmm. because like i'd have the demon i have the banshee the the harpy which all do some really funky things right by pushing or knocking down people for me it's it's removing typically one of those options out there to keep my infantry or solo persons in there so that that's i guess where i'm having a hard time fitting it in it's just like what gun am i not going to go need so really the demon is the first one to make the cut because it's you know demon's an aoe gun the uh, hyperion is an aoe gun just slightly better so it's never been more dangerous because all of your dudes are getting hit now <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no it's true it actually will just like control alt delete a whole unit oh speaking Speaking of really dangerous colossals, Judy's terrifying. I will be running. I I had a. I mean, of course, Sevi loves Judy, but I had a little fever dream list with. I I don't really play Krios lately because he's kind of boring, but I had a fever dream Krios list I want to try out with Judy. I'm gonna let you know something. Krios, like with when I was playing my Orgoth game against David, and he kept on putting Sanctify up, and I'm like, on my feet turn, I'm fine because nobody gets knocked down. But I really have to think: Do I really want to go and try to murder a guy? And then just get myself knocked down, like, immediately. It's sort That's of, not fun to play against. It's sort of the exemplar thing. You're going to kill us, but you're going to feel bad about it later, because bad <laughs> things will happen to you. I, I feel very, very bad about it. Uh, Erica, have you uh, looked at anything for your, for your uh, what is it called, the, the, the big house, the no, monster house? No. She hates it. <laughs> no. So, okay. All right, I'm going to get on, like, a little, not a little tangent, but uh, to advocate on behalf of the Hordes community and Grimkin community. Uh, so... I wish that we had access to Old Faithful since uh, now we have battle engines and some construct models. So like the house, for example, the only way it can heal itself now is with the sacrifice arcana, of course, right? So if you hit my, uh, if you hit my caster, but it can only consume living models. I'm just double check to make sure I'm correct here. So if you're fighting against like undead or robot skelly men or the, like the clockwork people, once you lose an aspect on this thing, you have no way to heal it. 
So for me, and again, even in Mark Three, I always preferred taking two to three heavies over a colossal or a gargantuan, just personally speaking. That and sure, it's like a pool gun at range 12, but uh, we really don't have any long range artillery in the Grimkin faction, which is why I like Magnus, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Why do you think there's no Old Faithful? Do you think it's just because I, I, I'll go back with the. Yes, with, it is living with uh, Jack's. Well, no, I go back to what Jax is because that they have what they have a, a head, a cortex, um, an arc node, maybe sometimes left and right, right? So there's more systems that can end up being crippled so that D6 could potentially turn more things on. And then I guess with the D6 on those beasts, it's like more likely that you're going to get a fully functioning heavy um, out of it. Do you think? Do you think that that's the reason why they don't have access to it? What do you think the thought process is? I was a little surprised that there wasn't a Horde's equivalent. Even if it wasn't Heal Your Beast, if it, it was just a Horde's version of a unique uh, card that you could take. Because Horde's just loses the Old Faithful card. There's, they just don't get it. There's no replacement or anything. Yeah, but now, we have, but now we have like our battle engines uh, back. We, some of us have a house instead of a big monster. I'm just saying the argument's there is all. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see why hordes can't have old faithful for the niche uses that old faithful does give you. Yeah, but I would I would a hundred like a hundo percento take two clocks and a skin and moans over a uh, or two clockatrices over the house any day of the week. Yeah, I'm looking at all the different options. The hydra soul seems pretty fun with all the different heads, and the mammoth soul just seems like bonkers. So I I, oh, yeah, I guess the scorn, I'm not the scorn feeling... ones the scorn ones seem great. Oh, scorn is always yeah they always had had a great. I love their sculpts. The, the, the revelator's still trash. The sculpts of the scorn gargantuans were always some of my favorite. That, I mean, I like dinosaurs, but other than that, um, <laughs> they've they've always been some of my favorite most extreme war beasts. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to make the mountain king work with Gunny right now, and I'm trying to make the sea king work with Madrak. I I'm not sure I'm feeling either one. The mountain king with Gunny feels better a little bit right now, but we're we're experimenting. We're in the experimental stages. Help me. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there for a second. Have you considered playing an unlimited list where you can take you know one and take the other? Wait, are you talking about like for free, like the total crazy war? No, 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 no. I'm I'm just saying that it, like I'm guessing that the the glacier king is only in storm of the. North. Oh yeah, I would. To- if I were playing unlimited, I'd totally take Gunny with a glacier king. Like he would be the first one I reach for just to right. play around with. Yeah. And I guess like what I'm getting at is that so I, I go back to my conversation with Ryan where he was like talking about how Unlimited is like a stupid fun uh uh, just build whatever list and just have a have a good time with it. I'd just be interested in, in seeing that. I, I just think that I have to double check on both Scorn uh, armies, but I think that I have access to both of my... I know I have both Colossals and both uh, Retribution lists. I don't know about both uh, Gargantuans it, and both it, it Scorn. Seems like like more, right yeah, it seems like more War Machine factions got both Colossals in both lists, and a lot of the Horde ones got split up. Most of the War Machine factions, I think, get both everywhere. Yeah, Scorn got both of them. Like okay. uh, I know Circles got split up. Like yeah. the Raptor only went with the Tharn list, and the uh, the giant uh, Wold Wrath dude only went with the Rock list, which makes sense. Makes sense. He'd be his little Rock friend. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. All right, and then let's go talk about some recent, or I guess like some recent stuff that's going on. So I think by the time that this is recording, it, I assume that Gen Con is happening or might have already happened by the time that this actually 
airs. And I believe that that's when they are going to be selling. It, it, Magnus Four is going to be available there. If I run, is it yeah. four, five, yes. six? Which one is it? Now? So Maggie's <laughs> Magnus Four, the search for Magnus Three. So Mag's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Mag's Four will be out. And I listened to the Primecast that came out today. Uh, Emmanuel did an interview with Matt Wilson, and he said that Maggie and Invicti will be available online during Gen Con. So what was your overall thoughts when you first saw the sculpt? I was bad as hell. He's got flamethrower mutton chops, dude. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I really like Invictus's sculpt because it kind of pays homage to the uh like the old school Jack design where he's like really chunky and the weight of the uh flail uh looks like I mean it looks like it has a lot of weight to that weapon. Um so I don't remember who sculpted it, but uh yeah, they it looks really cool. It is. It's a very old school art, very old school War Machine art style too, which looks really, really cool. Yeah the 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 look for Magnus and Invictus look really, really great. I really just like the pose for Magnus. I think him with the um, just like all like the weapons like around him, like the rocket launcher. He just he looks great, and I don't think I've seen Magnus look like this before. I I don't think he's ever had like a great beard like this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did any of his old sculpts have that? The old art for him was a little weird too, like. It was a little, yeah. little off kilter. Yeah, no, he he looks he looks great. Like he looks like a model I just want to have available for like the re- for everybody else. And Invictus, you're right. Like he just looks so big and chunky. The uh, flail thing that he has, really really I, fun. I so. like the scale of him too. I think somebody posted a picture of like him next to like a like cave or heavy, and yeah, next yeah. to Behemoth or next to buildings and stuff. So like the scaled up um, version of the Warjack looks really cool. Yeah, I'm currently I'm currently throwing him in a Colgrima list. I want that I want really want to try out. Help me. <laughs> He's uh honestly I'm looking at him in Orgoth and he just brings guns to the table that I don't have. That's like not a harpoon and I'm really really happy. Do we want to uh do we just want to talk about mags now? I mean, we might as well. We can do that. Do we want to go through his like rules or just talk about like what we like about him? Like what how do you want to handle that? Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think we need to go into the rules because he's he's accessible to everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have you? Has anybody else built any lists with him that they yes. really want to try out? Yes. What are you What are you looking at, lady? So I'm looking at dusk. Okay. So, all right. Hold up a sec. So to Grimkin, we're gonna take a break with because we've been playing them since Mark Three. The Winter Core. I'm breaking up with Boris and his friends. I just I can't do it anymore. <laughs> can't do it. Uh, so She'll I'm happy. So I'm hopping on the dust train, and I've actually been having a lot of fun with them because I find they've like some of their rules and some of their tricks are like a bleed over of a reminiscent of Grimkin. So I'm having funsies. One of my biggest complaints is lack of a decent long range gun, aside from uh, Israfel. You got sniper rifles. Mm, sure. Uh, so <laughs> I actually, um, so I think Magnus is very strong in with casters who have feats that aren't friendly faction specific. So I'm looking at putting Magnus, I actually build him in two lists, one with the, the gun chick, Hel- Helioth, I think, and then Thyrus, the Spider-Man. Just because of like the debuffing power from the one caster and the uh, like the ghostly and the teleport on the uh, on the other guy, I think it's fun. So basically, I'm I'm only taking Magnus at 100 points, right? I don't 
I think he's a hard yeah, sell he's, lower he's, than he's a lot of your list. Yeah, it, well, it, it's a problem because he has a whole jack with him, but it doesn't count towards your whole cohort. So you really have to budget. For That's him. right. So I would say if you could, if his cohort model counted towards your total cool, yeah, like money, I could see him being in like seventy-five point games. But out of a hundred, I feel um, like if he was, he'd be like auto include everywhere. Is the problem? Yeah, and then see that's the thing I'm worried about with some of these mercs. I think like the the, the blimps got leaked, or someone posted a picture that there were blimps in the app at some point. I just I don't want to have a repeat of like 2019 with the Riot Quest and Archon stuff. So I, I think PP kind of has to err on the side of caution where we want to make these like really cool and uh, interesting models that are very dynamic, but not an auto include in everybody's army. I mean, Lady, you know how it goes. Like they really want to make these compelling. So you want to make them compelling so people, everyone wants to buy them, but you don't want them to I be think, in every single No, list. but I think I think he fills a role. No, but I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to go back to what Lauren said because I remember when... I think Dan and I was talking with her and she said that they they initially designed some models to be above the power curve. So it just throws things off to the side. And then that way it causes for more list diversity because like towards the end of Archon Machine, like I didn't see as many Archons or at least I just saw ways to deal with Archons that they didn't seem to be that much of an issue anymore. They were just trivial. Yeah, I mean, your your goal should never be perfect balance. Like any, every game is going to have things that are above the curve and below the curve on purpose. It's just going to be. Yeah, but if I'm seeing more mercs in an art, like if I'm playing a, uh, if I'm like playing a scorn army and I see more mercs or like minions at the time stuff than scorn, like I think personally, like I think that really takes away from faction identity, which is something I'm really enjoying about the new edition. Is I feel like especially the Mark IV armies and you know the legacy, but if we're looking at Mark IV, right, the future, all of those armies seem very well defined, and I just hope that they maintain their integrity as the game continues to grow. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I generally am opposed to stuff that works for everybody for that reason. I, if they if they keep it at like mag like the the mercs that work for a couple factions like two factions they kind of fit in both, which doesn't really screw with your I guess your flavor too much. What do you think of the mercs that just work for like two factions that kind of fit in both? I think that they're fine. For Orgoth, I got Eilish, who's just really there as Puppet Master, but if I'm running, was it, Harusk, I pretty much already mm-hmm. have kind of like that uh, already, so I'm not really taking him. And you got the Super Solo guy, right? I got Molgath. I'm gonna, I'll get to Molgath. Damien's great. I didn't realize how good Damien was until I started playing with more Unnatural Darkness, and just now having like the ability to put like four clouds out has been great. And then Molgath, he's, he's, he's just a really like strong, beefy solo, and he you know brings... A lot of damage and some survivability late game you know once all the guns are gone like he, he's fine so i think that they're great i don't see them ever being a problem prisoner numbers scares me <laughs> but like you know it's just if i can shoot her to death yeah that's like, like prisoner numbers she that's a savagery card okay but i'm like notorious i always roll a three with her on like my second or third attack so i haven't lived the prisoner dream yet and i don't think i ever will good uh, I'm glad. i think the last game i played her was with against tim and it was like my third attack i was like okay here comes the three and it's the one and the two all right moving on i don't even get mad anymore uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like i i think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head i feel like the the mercs that have come out now they don't you know play for everybody and they they fill very tight niche roles and they're thematic yeah i like them no beef here i'm also just going back to the other stuff that they have with magnus and just looking at him because of him being a merc model the other thing we have to kind of keep in mind is that there isn't at least right now there's not a merc faction so the only buffs that invictus can get are you know the the not you know friendly faction i guess uh spells or um feats uh feats but i mean there's not really a lot of 
buffing that he's able to go do or he's able to go and, and give to other mercs. Now, the only problem that I could potentially see, though, I'm saying like Mark IV. Yeah, factions. I was going to say, I was going to talk about the old factions now. Yeah. Yeah, the old factions, though, that's where things are going to get a little bit wacky. I'm concerned with, what is it, rule? Ostrom? Doesn't he do like a plus three armor feat or something? Yes. Am I right about yes. that? Uh, it, I'm not sure whether it's his just his battle group, though. I got to check that. Okay. I, I, I got to just like go, go and look, but I don't know if there's some weird tech that the internet has not discovered yet and then we'll just like abuse that system because again originally they were saying that these new mark four stuff was not going to exist for everybody so yeah. i think this is like Ostrom Ostrom just says rule guard models units so he doesn't so no, I, think, I'm thinking, I think a lot of it's been worked out but yeah there's probably yeah. something that hasn't been well so the new ones like athena right her feet works for him because it's it's everybody the dust casters Ugh, magnus with thexus uh does not does not make me happy. That's a casual 17-inch threat on a uh, giant heavy. Yo, I had a I had Jack sling a rocket dude like 18 inches into my face. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, that Texas does not make <laughs> me feel good about having uh, a Magnus in it, but I'm sure I'm going to see that. Yeah, so I guess we'll go see. So, hey, internet, in the comments below, go ahead and put your most broken Invictus combo out there. That'd be great. <laughs> Please do. The most broken one will be featured in our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Might even do a short about it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but no, I think he's fine. Sorry, Erica, I was a, uh, I was um, uh, I, I brain farted while I was looking at something. Did you talk about your Magnus in the old witch list? Did you already talk oh, about that? Oh, okay. So I made a, I haven't played it yet, but so with Grimkin, because uh, again, there's no long range artillery. I just put him in a in a list with old witch and just called it two old people. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I uh, well, I guess not to sidebar too much, but competitively speaking in the game and it's no real news to my immediate community but uh competitively hasn't really sparked my interest as much as it did in previous editions and i think again it's because we're using a steamroller packet for a game that technically doesn't exist anymore i've been enjoying like the narrative and the with the black tide the black tide scenarios even the one that that we've done uh paul for nova which which i'm sure we'll talk about later um it just feels like some of these Mm -hmm. Mark Four design scenarios just they just play better with this new rule set. Like when I'm playing King of the Hill, the bunkers, the 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 twenty twenty two twenty one steamroller packet, I just it doesn't flow as well. And uh, maybe that's just because me as a player, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this new game system. I was going to go say is that with the scenarios and how they are, because for competitive play, you need to have quote-unquote i want to say balanced tables but you need like the tables to be playable but i think for the new scenarios and we'll talk about for the narrative event for nova and stuff and but but you can kind of go outside the box and make a very busy looking table and it just kind of puts you more into the game and i i like the fact that we're we're getting away from the cookie cutter that this is kind of what yeah, it's... We, we, we've seen for so long. I was looking at some old No Quarter magazines of just like terrain guides, but then they talked about rules for these terrain and you know, like they had talked about like frozen lakes where you can like shoot models on the frozen lake and then they sink into the frozen lake. I'm like, that's never heard of before. That sounds like fun. I, I want to go 
throw that on the table and even if i lose all my models with that that's like such a compelling like story yeah i think i just again if you're looking at like competitive play you have to be careful about that just because with you know war machine historically and still as a very tight rule system so i think that it's it's again with the argument with the guard towers and the bunkers like how divisive that is within the the competitive community well paul that's exactly what you were describing Mm -hmm. would be great for a narrative play event right (laughs) just just something different so that way you can enjoy the game in in a a different format but yeah yeah okay that's that so gen con's happening lots of events get your magnus while they're in stock (laughs) (laughs) good job paul well done all right get your magnuses you guys Uh, um, Andy, do you want to uh, quickly just talk about Siege, like what the what the different events were, what you and Rick ended up doing? If you want to go talk a little bit about the travel as well, uh, sure. Uh, so it's in it was it's in the general Memphis, Tennessee area. And I flew in. I think it was Thursday. Crashed real hard, and then we uh, we went up to Terrence's on Friday with pretty much everybody who was in the steamroller. They hosted a big barbecue, which was great. Everybody played Commander late at night, and we played a uh, a nice narrative campaign. Um, that was hosted by Damon. We had some experienced players on the table and some newer players on the table, so it was nice to, you know, everybody had very varying ideas of what they could do, and that's the cool thing about a narrative event, is basically, if you want to try something, you just look at Damon and be like, can I do this? And the ro- the role of him in a narrative event is literally just roll it and see what happens like that it's more it's a little bit it's a little bit of, of a war machine game and a little bit of a D campaign which is really really cool yeah we saw some of that at adepticon like when people had pushed the train over on other people's you know army or you know a bunch of dudes were on fire so they asked lauren if hey there's a water tower here can i use my turn to to you know, douse my guys with water. Yeah, this is it's it's the time not to do steamroller thought, and it's the time to be creative. I think a lot of us, myself included, like to know the rules and play by the rules as best they can, instead of you know doing something unexpected. Which go ahead. Can, can can I ask though, in, in the narrative event, did you have both players, like both sides of players, like inviting ideas, like oh, wouldn't it be cool if like you ended up like chucking this statue or this piece of rubble at my guys like damon can we do that like it, it was that kind of talk uh invited there or is just kind of like everyone kind of had their own thought of how i can influence oh no it was story? it was definitely 3v3 and we had uh, both teams were just huddled constantly like you do this you do that and i'll do this and then we'll do that and then we'll figure this out and then we'll just and then we all look at damon with puppy dog guys going look at all we planned please let us do it <laughs> this reminds me i can't remember uh what uh it quags is what it's called the quick gaming system and there was a, a way to basically bribe the dm in order to go in and make something happen it's called yum yum so you basically would give them like a smarty and like it's like yes you can go do that it, it's just like your way of just making things happen that's what that reminds me of just <laughs> please take my yum yum please please let me do this this would be great but yeah so that was friday night uh saturday was the iron gauntlet qualifier i believe did Nate win that one? Yeah, that was the one with the hammers, right? Yeah, that was the hammers one. I think Nate won that one. Yeah, shout out Nate Grimkin. Let's go. Yeah, he kicked me. He, he kicked my ass in the most polite way possible. It was uh, it was a pleasure to have my ass kicked. <laughs> was it uh, was it with what's his name Wanderer? Yeah, he got me with the Wanderer. I totally forgot. I didn't realize that yeah. his new Arcana, the Wanderer's signature Arcana, is sort of like an admonition at will that you can just have that in the in the back of your pocket whenever you need it. Uh, I screwed yeah, myself. Yeah. You got to knock the beast down before you go in. Yep. So yeah, won't won't lose to that again. <laughs> but yeah, I came in second. I think Travis came in third. 
you guys were consistent. It was like basically you three for top three were both events. We did a so Sunday was the more casual steamroller. Everyone was playing more more fun stuff. Just I I I was dropping gunny every game, just playing around instead of mm-hmm. tryharding with Madrak all the time. But um, but yeah, we uh, I think we rotated around. I think Travis took first, I took second, and Nate took third in that one. He uh, I was listening to Nate's interview with Emmanuel earlier, and I th- he said his his first match was against Zeke, and they just swapped armies at the table and played. <laughs> oh, we no, we have to do a steamroller with that. That's that's incredible. Oh, I will I will make some very creative lists for my community. I'll tell you what. Maybe you I want, will take the slaughterhouse. You want to do for, a food uh, machine for that? for that? You want to do that for this February's food machine? <laughs> oh, that might be fun. An, an army swap steamroller? <laughs> what, is like you have to pay a certain amount and you just buy their army? No, you, so you literally, like, so you both bring whatever lists that you think are good for your army, and then at the table you swap armies, and then you basically pay your opponent. You're paying, you're paying in cans, of course, for charity, but you'd pay your opponent for tips on how to play their army. Oh, that's a really cool one. I like that. I was about to say, you're probably going to go and have to spend money on time as well, because everyone's gonna be like, I don't know what these models do. Let me look at the models. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That all right. Was, we're, all right. We, we're got, we, got, we got a framework for February, boys. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. That's fun. All right. And then uh, overall, the travel back was good. Oh, yeah. It was fine. Siege? Rick and I could not sit together, so we we had our last caress before we hit we got on the plane, and then we uh, <laughs> then we finally landed and, and made our separate ways. All right. Well, I think that's all the the, the stuff going on. I, I guess we can talk. I mean, the Primecast stuff is already out there. So go onto Privateer Press's website. You'll be able to see all the different Primecasts and Primecast Plus that they had their app releases. They keep on doing their app releases. I think they did the app release today. This is Monday, July 31st, because they're prepping for Gen Con. And I think they had the Magnus um, short story. Have any of you started reading it? Because... Uh, shows up. Spoilers! Like, I have not. I look. I have not. I've worked all day, Paul. I have not gotten to listen to the to the primecast. I've not read the lore. Chill out. Yeah, some of us aren't teachers. Like some, some of us have to work work in the <laughs> summer. Okay. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, it's been like the second line. But okay, we'll just yeah, we'll just <laughs> yeah. That the fire and pitchforks. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll go and say though, uh, it's a very good read. I would definitely recommend it to uh. It, you you have have a have a glass of whiskey or something when you have it. It's really really nice. It's a long I'll one. I'll check though. it out. It's a good one. All right, and then I don't know if any other army stuff got released. Uh, the no. brine bloods are out Is now, it? right? In preparation for. I think uh... most of them are in the app now. Okay, they look really fun. They uh, brine bloods yes. look really fun. Yeah, they're loading them up right now. They yes, look, can they confirm. look degenerate. Hey, Magnus is in there. And Magnus is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, just use the rest of this time for the podcast to talk about Nova. Andy, you were talking about one of the things that happened at Siege was that people were confused about the schedule at Nova, right? Did you like? Did, did you have any like e- explanation? Or I did my best to set uh, some of the people straight because I think signing up on your phone is a little bit weird for the Nova stuff. So I think... In general, people are expecting there to be a competitive steamroller every day at the start of the day, and like that's that's what they're going to do. We're doing it a little bit different this year. We're trying to have a little bit more variety. There's going to be steamrollers. Like if there, if if after we're done a major event for the day, enough people want to organize, like I will hold a steamroller for everybody. Like we we'll do that. But I'm, what we're trying to do is in this first year of Mark IV, just have a lot of variety for every day is going to be a little bit different. Okay. Well, let's actually talk about the whole schedule. I, I thought what would actually be best is that we can talk 
each day. So what's happening on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that way we can go through all the different events on there. I'll go ahead and actually post a link to the tabletop events conventions area. So if you're still interested in signing up, you can go ahead and just take a look at all the different things that are on there. You'll see like, you know, the open play on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and stuff. So you'll you'll see it shows up in all those different areas. And then that way you can maybe make a little bit more sense. You can click on it and you can follow along with us, you know, however you want to go and do that. So let, let's actually talk through that real fast. So Wednesday is probably the easiest day and it's open play. So Erica, you kind of basically made the whole entire schedule for Nova. So did you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I guess just to um, touch a little bit on what Andy mentioned earlier about this first year. So it is the first year for Mark IV. It is the first year that our community is putting on these events at a major convention. So we didn't want to bite off more than that we could chew. And definitely with this first introductory year, we wanted to uh, invite players that might be on the fence or new players or people that have, you know, got out during Mark II that are coming back. So with regards to the competitive stuff, so we have five days of War Machine. Three of them are uh, competitive with steamrollers and you know more of those those head-to-head stuff so uh the other thing too is what you're finding is once the tickets went on sale so the big thing about nova is tickets determine table space so we asked for 24 tables which will accommodate up to 48 players the thing that we were seeing was there wasn't really a demand for that hyper competitive stuff but the but the uh the casual stuff was selling like the casual steamroller i think at the time of this recording only has four tickets left meanwhile my ig qualifier has like 24 seats still left in it a narrative is selling really well so i mean at the end of the day you know money does talk and when we're talking about table space and allocation if that's the audience that that is coming to the convention then those are the type of events that are going to be our marquee events or that are going to take up the space so you know if you're on the fence or if you are a hyper competitive player and uh, you see these events showing up at conventions please 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 jump on those events earlier because in our case, for Nova specifically, we are sharing the same room as AOS and the Battle for Middle Earth, which are, you know, mm-hmm. reality speaking, they're they're two bigger games than War Machine right now. So we're really fighting to make a presence in there. You know, we don't want to get lost in the sauce, so to speak, in this uh, giant new hotel. Which, by the way, if I can plug the hotel real quick. All right, guys, list it up. So this year... At the new hotel, you can actually download an app on your phone and they will deliver food and drinks directly to your gaming table. I will be taking part in that. I will also be taking part that in that. That is some excellent service. So just a little little plug in there. Sorry, I kind of went off on a little little tangent there. It's all good. It's all right. No, that that's great. And then is, is it in the, I mean, for those that are not aware, is it at this, it's not at the same hotel as last no. year? No. So the big thing uh, when talking with the Nova team is historically the convention's been held at two separate hotels, which can be very confusing and it kind of splits and divides everybody up. So this year we're all under one roof together, which is pretty exciting. It's a larger hotel. It looks really nice. I mean, I haven't been there personally, and I haven't had the opportunity to go to the venue yet, Um, but it looks really nice. It's a great time. I mean, we've started traveling to a couple different conventions now. Nova's just really well run. It's clean. The atmosphere is great. If you have kids and family, there's you know, there's, there's, there's families in there. The, the energy is like, it's really chill and it's in a historical area. So if you wanted to take time to, you know, see some monuments or museums, they're all within the same area. I want to see the Lord of the Rings guys again. They. Dude, Lord of the Rings, shout out. Those guys are awesome. They, uh, they have some 
amazing tables, probably the the best gaming tables I've ever seen. Those guys are very in tune with their craft. I you have to go back and whatever that video is that you posted. I don't know if it was on Facebook or YouTube or wherever, but I just want to see that video again of just like here's our tables and then there's like <laughs> well, the Lord you, of the Paul, Rings you're tables. coming this just year. Like, you get to see uh, them firsthand. Uh, They're insane. <laughs> They're, uh, they're, uh, those guys, their community is really great too. They gave us some really great pointers. And I think the thing that stuck out the most with me with coming into, you know, doing like little steamrollers at our store to, uh, you know, something big like this is you don't have to go all out your first year because their tables are decades worth of, yeah, you're not just going to roll up with, I mean, it's TRS, like, you know, your first year. So and that that's another reason too our events are not want to say scaled down this year but why we have such diversity in our events it's gonna be a lot of lessons learned right so i think the goal is once we come out of this is to keep making it better every year uh better play experience for our players uh easier and better maintained for our team and just realistic expectations was you know the goal in this this initial launch year I agree, Erica. I think it's going to be a, I think this is something that's definitely be able to grow. And definitely with, with the help of the community, the greater War Machine community overall, I think it'd be great to have people come out on this first year of Mark IV and, you know, really support the cause. Last two things really quick uh, for the community. So first off, Delaware War Machine, we are so thankful to have such a great community that, um, you know, wants this to be successful. Everybody's been helping out between building terrain, painting, coming up with ideas, coming to help us set up, support. Uh, running you, events. Running events. Like, you guys rock. Thank you. We we, we could not uh, be able to pull off what we're trying to pull off without you guys. So really appreciate it. And then the, the greater community at large for War Machine. You know, you guys coming out and supporting your your TOs, your local gaming shops, coming to conventions is is big. You know, having a presence there helps us just, you know, maintain and grow our community. So it's it's just so important to even on open game night, like <laughs> just try and make it out, you know, every week, every other week if you can, because just showing up is uh it, it's huge. I mean, that's what makes or breaks these things. Do we want to go over yeah. the schedule for Nova? Oh yeah, we should just go back. Yeah, to let's what go ahead we and do it. About before. Yeah, we want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. All right, so let's go talk about Wednesday. Wednesday is just an open play. So real fast for tickets wise, anything that says open play, anything that says learn to play, they don't cost anything, correct? So you can just sign up for it. It's basically just letting us be aware that you are coming and you want to go ahead and play. Yes. And, and really. The, the, I would almost say that the open play is really there to say like, hey, I'm going to be in the area to get games in if anybody else wants yeah, to go and, and get games in. So it's it's almost a way for people to, to network and coordinate. Yeah, and Wednesday's and, a little bit of a setup day. I mean, if we have enough people that want to organize a steamroller that day, like I said, I will run something that day. But it's we're going to be setting up a lot of stuff on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, uh, so Andy and I aren't going to be able to make it until around lunch on Wednesday. We have a couple other community members who are, I think Dan, uh, Cap, and a few other folks are coming. So that's going to be a big setup day for us. But yeah, if people want to run stuff. The other thing too is if you don't have armies or dice or you know your tools of war, Delaware War Machine, they're uh, donating armies for people to use for the weekend. Uh, so we'll have a nice spread of Legacy, a couple of Mark IV guys in there. So you know if you're on the fence or you haven't bought in yet or you're like, you know, you're traveling, you don't want to travel with your miniatures, we should have a, a very diverse catalog of armies for you to choose and play with over the weekend. Do we want to let people know or at least what armies will be available? Like 
like all of them except in here uh, this will probably be easier we're gonna have everything there but like infernals crucible guard what else don't people play <laughs> what else do we not own <laughs> <laughs> yeah things that will be available will be uh, a good selection of protectorate trolls ret scorn kator some Grimkin, some lady. You got you got Mark Four Kador and Legacy Kador. I have all the Kador, you guys. Yeah, because I'm not I'm not going to be playing too much over the weekend. Do you still have any of your minions? Yes, I have piggies. You, like, I'm telling you, look, everything but Crucible Guard. <laughs> yeah, we'll have we'll also have Storm Legion and probably Orgoth. If, if Paul, if you can bring your Orgoth, I I will make the stuff fit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where that's where we're at too. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad because we can't like cart like Dan asked a carpool, and I'm just like it's gonna be straight up Tetris in our little car. I don't even. I'm thank God for the community. Thank you guys for helping us haul this stuff down to DC. <laughs> we're gonna need it. <laughs> all right so we have that for the for wednesday right so it's just an open play because we're getting everything set up let's talk about thursday because that's when we're starting to have some stuff so a learn to play and an open play so let's talk about the learn to play real fast just so people know what is learn to play and how you're still, that you're still talking about wednesday right uh, well actually it says learn to play is only hey, hey, you on can thursday, learn to play so any any day of the weekend everybody you just come over you know what i mean have tables <laughs> well thursday the main event's the 2v2 tournament right well, I wanted to just talk real fast about what Learn to Play is, so people who have an idea or like, hey, if you want to go learn the game, like this is what it would look like. Like, what is it? Is it just we give you one of those demo armies, and then we'll go grab you a demo army, and then we'll go and just show you the rules? Yeah, it'd be like a thirty-point right caster, and yeah. So essentially, it. it would be it would be a a, a version of the old zero-point games where it would be caster and a few jacks or caster and a few war beasts will sit down on at a free table one of us will and we'll just go over basic rules basic movement basic dice math that kind of stuff and then we'll move we'll move models around and, and get you and get you acquainted with how those general rules work before you want to dip into like infantry or yeah and, like if, and if people want to you know come back and maybe like they they do learn to play on thursday or friday and, and want to play in the narrative we'll have models for them to use so it'd be nice mm -hmm. and and they have plenty of opportunity to be like hey this seems like a cool army like the protectorate looks fun let me go and take a look at what the scorn is and then you know you had the opportunity to go and dabble in a couple of different things in there so and we have lots of different people very well versed in the game so by all means like let people know you have other people that played back in mark one and mark two looking to get you know dip their toes back in by all means like let them know about this you know and, and share the word so the the big event though that day is the team tournament now can you talk a little bit about the team tournament? Because this 2v2 format, I am unfamiliar with it. But I know that I think you guys had a uh, a, a 2v2 steamroller at our shop. Oh, yeah. We, we fell in love with the format at Adepticon. And, and we held a local steamroller. It was really popular with everybody. It was, it was a lot of fun. So essentially, it's a... Everybody's bring 50 points. You pair up with somebody else. They don't have to be friendly faction. If you are friendly faction, you get to, you know, be affected by each other's feats and anything else that's, you know, counts as friendly faction. So if you're both playing, you know, Storm Legion. Friendly, yeah, friendly faction within the same army. So everybody's activating at the same time. So, sorry, each team are activating at the same time. So you have to communicate with your partner who's moving what and where. Only one person can roll dice at a time. And then it's adds up to basically an hour on each clock and you guys are playing sort sort of a normal game of war machine but you're basically playing sort of like how you're playing in tennis but you're playing doubles 
Yeah, and your uh, your list pairing is your partner, so you're only going to have one fifty point list. There's no there's no pairing per player. So again, we're as an introductory event, and to try and you know not necessarily entice, but to make it more welcoming and easier for folks just to roll up with a game. It's going to be a random pairing, so you can sign up for this event. You don't need a teammate. We will we will assign you a teammate randomly at registration. So it should be a lot of fun. So it's more of like a social fun steamroller with a little bit of competitiveness. I really enjoy any time you're forced to sort of left hand right hand something where you're, yeah. you're working together with somebody that you may not even know to, you know, play against two other people. I, I really like the format. It's really fun. Yes. So can I ask some clarifying questions or at least on how, how things are run, like for double feeding, right? Let's say that because you played you and David Lee, right? You ended up both mm-hmm. playing Protectorate and you guys ended up both doing the in, uh, final interdiction, right? Uh, no, we played Temple Flame Guard because we thought uh, 12 vendors would be degenerate. <laughs> Because it is degenerate. <laughs> so I guess what my question is, is that what would happen if, like, so can you run the same Warcaster no. in both no. lists? There's no duplicate characters Okay, at all. and then, okay, good. All right, that that's key. And then what about double feeding? Can yeah. they double feed? Can, like, your Serenia yeah. and Kriya yeah. feed on the same turn? Yeah, nothing stops you from that. You just can't, like, some of the rules, like, we'll go over it, but, like, some of the rules we put down was, like, there was no double feeding. You couldn't double up on defenses. No, I was just, like, wondering, because, like, those were the things, like, I was wondering it, because I've never seen this in person. So, for anybody who maybe just, like, wondering, I mean, that... Yeah, there, there are very there are very few rules that are not found in just regular steamroller. Like, like she said, you can't double up on defenses. You can't get six walls. So... I mean, if one mm-hmm. of you wants to, we're not going to say if you have defenses in your list, you have to, you know, you can just pick a different card. It's not a big deal. Okay. All right. So then is there anything else to talk about Thursday? Yeah. Like I said, if we, um, if we finish early on Thursday and enough people want to play a, a, a traditional steamroller, we'll be here and we'll, we'll run a steamroller for everybody. Yeah. We got prizes and we got some like really cool, you know, aside from like the plaques and stuff, I'm excited to see uh, what, you know, PP sending. Uh, we have a couple other vendors that we're working with. And then aside from like the competitive awards, we're also awarding we have some hobby challenges so best painted armies will get stuff we have plaques for uh like for narrative for the commanders we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later good sportsmanship and stuff like that so we're not just you know acknowledging recognizing the guys that get first second or third but also those that enjoy the hobby aspect of this game and all that other good stuff Let's go ahead and roll into Friday now. So again, we still have a learn to play and open play like normal, but then we have the casual steamroller and the master's IG qualifier. Can I ask the the setup of this? Why did you end up choosing this two format with it? And then what, what can you expect with each type of event? Yeah. So one thing that I noticed when we went to Nova last year was that for the IG qualifier, there really wasn't another mode of play that was a steamroller for players that weren't super competitive or uh, like there was a couple people that showed up that were excited about the Mark IV launch and were coming to play after not playing for years and just getting wrecked at these tables, like just getting absolutely tabled and leaving after the first round or two and, you know, observing it. I know if, if I was a player like that, that wouldn't necessarily be the most fun experience. So we wanted to offer 
an alternative game mode for those less competitive players. Also, not everybody's able to make it to Warfare Weekend. So, you know, this is a cool opportunity for them to score some pretty sweet prizes and plaques for uh, just the convention. And then we'll have the IG qualifier. Yeah, I'm going to encourage any experienced players to no matter what they signed up for to try at least try to the IG qualifier because that's that is the competitive environment for Nova right now but we wanted somewhere else for everyone else not like a kiddie pool but like for people to not get trounced in round one and, and get super super demoralized basically I think there's also something else we needed to mention is that so we have 16 ta- so we have 16 players for casual and 32 for masters so that gets us to 48 players 24 tables right where is the open play happening when these 24 tables are being full because so we just have the 48 tables fam so if open play is going to be available for any tables that aren't actively in play so if both of these events sell out which you know at this point we're less than 30 days out i don't foresee all our tables being sold out we will have room for open play okay so but but that's just for people to be aware of is that that's kind of like for the leftover tables they have that okay yeah cool. else, else we gotta start fighting the lord of the rings guys for their table space and that's a no go all right anything else we need to talk about friday so just two steamrollers yep and then both of the events have prize support for both so everything we got has got prize support over the weekend you guys all right and let's get into Saturday. So we got lots of different stuff. So again, we had the open play as always, but we had the WTC Sparring Arena, the King of Coins Invitational Finals, and then the uh, Orgoth Invasion Narrative. So let's go ahead and go through each one. So WTC Sparring Arena, what is it? So WT Sparring Arena is just basically open play for any WTC players that uh, want to come out and practice against, you know, that 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 high level play. We're also opening the tables up to other players that might want to come and ask questions or come observe or you know maybe go ahead and uh, roll dice uh, with these players as well yeah it should be a lot of fun Uh, it'll be really cool to see uh, team usa out there and hang out table side with them yeah it's mostly for a lot of the masters iron gauntlet qualifier players to you know stay sharp before the qualifier final if they don't want to play in like narrative stuff so you might even still have people because i'm looking at it you might even have people still just in the area playing where you just maybe they signed up for open play but just because you're a wtc sparring arena doesn't mean that you can't do like play against people in open play like basically it's a free arena that anybody's able to go play against anybody in that area correct yes the only difference is that just like in that area we just ask that if you're observing just to be you know respectful of the, of the play space yeah, we, w- we would have liked to have run a steamroller on that day. We just don't have the people. Like, we have the King of the Coin tournament, and the narrative event's going to be a lot of bandwidth for us. So I, I don't think we can run a separate steamroller on that day, unfortunately. That's all right. That's all right. So let's talk a little bit about King of Coins. So if you have a coin, or you've seen the coin, if you've seen, seen them floating around, there's basically this challenge that is happening where if you have a coin, then you are invited to this King of Coin League. So how many people do we have right now that have active coins? Do yeah, you know? so there's about 50 people signed up for the league. So the league's been going on for about a year now, like Paul was saying. So it was, it was free to sign up. It was open to anybody. And 16 coins went out at the start. And and over the course of the year, coins have been trading hands at, you know, conventions and steamrollers. And basically, your coin is your buy-in to the Invitational. So each of the 16 coins have, you know, represented a different faction. 
to kind of caveat a little bit off of that, so some of the players who held coins, so as of August 1st, the coins are locked in, and the reason we did that was because we know people are making arrangements to travel and, and all that, so we didn't want them to like come to Nova and then lose their coin you know, 24 hours out from from the the, the finals because that's not cool. So I've actually had some players send me, mail me back their coins that can't attend. So the events were running Thursday and Friday. Uh, if you come in those top, you know, a couple places in those events, that might be a way to get like a last chance. Uh, what is it called? A last chance qualifier to get a coin for well, Saturday. Yeah. Um, so I will have a couple that I am bringing to the convention with me that, you know, players can uh, battle over those those two days to get into the Saturday uh, final tournament. That's cool. That's cool. And then the King and Coin Invitational really is just a steamroller. Like that is a steamroller setup, yes, right? Yes, it is a max of four rounds. Oh, that's the other thing too. All of our, most of our events are three round. I think two are four rounds. Things I think start between like nine and 9.30 and then we are done by 5 p.m. each day for the scheduled stuff. So if people like Andy was saying earlier, if we want to run like a, an extra nighttime steamroller or something like that, we can definitely, we can definitely do that. But the uh, scheduled stuff, nothing runs after five or six. Cool. Cool. And then about for King of Coins is that how the steamroller is set up, The there's like a knockout system, right? You were saying? Yeah, it's, it's elimination. So if you go to the table, right, and you lose, you lose your coin. And then, you know, therefore it's a so it's one and done on the uh, on on those tables, but it doesn't mean that you can't you know go over to the WT sparring area or we can you know get you involved with the narrative event if we still have seats open for that. Yeah, and then I guess that would be a good segue into the narrative event. So the the narrative campaign has been uh, something I've been cooking up for for the past couple of months now. What it's going to go be is uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that goes along with this. In short, it's going to be three games: a fifty, a seventy five, and a one hundred point game custom scenarios we put the maps they're available online if you go and take a look at the event <clears throat> the primer there should be a uh, write-ups of the maps and you can kind of get an idea what happens with them basically what's going to happen is that the players that sign up for the narrative event are going to be separated out into two groups your invaders and your defenders so the defenders are there that are defending the iron kingdoms and the invaders are you know the aggressors that are trying to take it out right and the defenders are representing the nations of ios Kador and Signar. So those are the three different nations. And we've been working on a lot of terrain in order to go and make these nations, these environments feel like those actual areas. So you will be fighting in snowy wastelands. You will be fighting in the, you know, middle of Iosin, you know, structures and stuff so really really cool yeah stuff i in think there. uh just really quick so we were talking about our tables so you know paul's been working really really hard on these so like each row of tables is going to represent a different region of the iron kingdoms so they're all going like the kador tables are going to feel like kador right the ios tables are going to feel like ios on snozberries taste like snozberries. yeah <laughs> um but it's just really cool to see like the uh you know like you have that hench hole table i'm doing a grimkin like spooky carnival right now um so it should be a lot of fun i'm i'm stoked about it so let's go back to the groups right so you have generals uh, you're gonna have a general for each team so the general's just basically there to uh, like lack of a better term they're like the bookkeeper for it so that way they're there to go and collect the information for all their different players like who won their matches who won the regions and then they'll be reporting that to me and then that's going to go ahead and determine scores as well as stuff that's going on in the future events uh, there's also going to be commanders for each region 
it's just kind of like a task organization thing where uh, you basically just have like a flow of information. So one person will take care of all the Kator stuff, give it to their general. You know, one person takes care of all the Signar stuff and just makes it a lot easier for you to, to follow everything as opposed to hunting down each individual player that's on your team. There's going to be a roll off on, on doing their teams. It's a little bit different. Basically, one team will choose two matchups while the other team will choose two maps. And then it gets flipped while the other team chooses maps and matchups. Now, as for the regions, I really wanted to do something unique for this. So to make the defenders and the invaders like actually really feel like invaders and defenders, I wanted to go give them like some little special perks. So let's talk about the different regions just so that way you kind of know what to expect. Signar, the defenders there are going to be getting these special defenses called earthworks. They're basically like these little like like dirt mounds that are reinforced with like wood, but basically they're they're super defenses. You're going to be able to place anywhere between two or three of them, and they just can't get destroyed. They're they're basically uh, super barriers that are there to go ahead and keep your guys safe behind it. In Kador, there's not going to be friendly terrain for the defenders, but there will be a special rule in order to go ahead and survive the winter storm. Uh, basically, in the middle of the match, there's going to be a storm that takes place that. It makes models lose Isla Sight, Flight, Pathfinder, makes it a little bit harder to interact with the board. And um, basically for the defenders, they have the ability to choose one model or unit to gain cold resistance for the remainder of the match that basically bypass that, um, that issue during the Winter Storm. IOS, they are going to have these special power nodes that are all around there. They're basically to help out magic users basically make them a little bit stronger and stuff so there's lots of really unique terrain features that are going to be in here a lot of different things you don't normally see on normal steamrollers and we're really trying to lean into a more immersive event but what i'm really looking forward to is the artifacts for the invaders so scattered throughout the whole entire map there's going to be little orgoth ruins if the invader ends up getting a model or unit there they basically get to roll on a special table and then their model or unit gets a benefit for the remainder of the narrative event so like that means that you could potentially get a tyrant go and get like weapon master on their scything flail and they have weapon master throughout the whole entire narrative event so just something really really cool and the idea is like the defenders consistently have benefits and the invaders are ramping up for the final narrative scenario so really really cool events i'm really looking forward to it and then as for the actual scenarios themselves they're all located online you can go and read up the rules on it you want to tell them where paul Oh, sorry. So, I mean, if they go into the <clears throat> if they go into the Nova Open, they can go ahead and see the sorry the Nova Open schedule. They can go and take a look at the narrative event to see it. I think I could probably also put a maybe view PDF or something. Yeah, there. Um, so uh, basically, what you're saying is so under tabletop events, if you click on an event, you should see a primer where it says more information. If you click on that primer, uh, we have one for each and every one of our events, and that'll break everything down with all the rules and all that good stuff yeah so there's all there's a lot of information but again it's gonna it's 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 gonna be a good time everybody we're gonna have a lot of fun with it and i'm really looking forward to it yeah each set of tables is gonna have a dm so essentially we're gonna have somebody there to guide you through what you're trying to do we are encouraging you to do weird shit, so don't treat this like a steamroller treat this like a curated sort of adventure like yeah. try to try to do weird shit, and we will 
say yay or nay based on how weird it actually is. Yeah, like I want to see Magnus in every region, okay, you guys? No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's going to be plenty of different things for you to play around with. So just use your imagination with it. Have fun with it. You know, that that's why we're there doing the narrative stuff. So. The entire point of the narrative event is not to just do a regular steamroller. This is This is an adventure that we're trying to embark on here. And we're going to have some special, unique swag for all those players as well. All right. And then with that, we'll go into Sunday. So the Masters IG Qualifier Final is the item there. So that one's reserved. So I guess if they make, was it on Friday, if they end up winning or get, yeah. placing high enough in the qualifier? Yeah. So the only uh, the only scheduled event we have is the uh, Masters IG Final. It's going to be the top eight from uh, Friday three round max that way if you know you're you're a player and you have a flight or something like that you know we'll get you out of there between 2 30 and 3 p.m at the latest we're also gonna be breaking down that day we'll probably have a you know a few tables open for open play if if we if we have enough people show up that didn't make it to the ig qualifier again we'll run a a steamroller in tandem yeah yeah it's really you know we're gonna play off of our audience and, and what you guys want and yeah while we're there uh we will uh we will offer said 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 table. Yeah, I know everybody paid money for each individual event, but if you show up at the at the hotel, we will find somewhere for you to play. It doesn't yeah, matter look, what you paid for. Like Delaware War Machine, we're not gonna snitch on you guys. Like, you know, we're not gonna snitch on you guys if you wanna come and, you know, do some do some extra events, that's fine. <laughs> I, I think that the big takeaway is that there's going to be something for everybody and that if there's enough people hanging around, we'll find something for you to go and do and you're going to have a good time. So by all means, come to Nova and have that good time with us. Was there anything else that we needed to go share with that or anything else? Uh, yes. Spent a good half hour on Nova. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. The last thing I just want to say. So if um, for folks that want to follow along with our players, so we weren't able to get streaming up this year. Sorry, you guys. Uh, we will be, um, you know, taking pictures and video. I am going to try and film a battle report or two. So if you guys want to be on, you know, one of the movies, uh, we can get some, you know, players that aren't local local to Delaware and hopefully, you know, get them to share their armies and their thoughts. Patrons get first dibs. Uh, yeah, patrons first dibs. Shout out, shout out. Um, <laughs> all of our events, if you want to follow along, are going to be built into long shanks. So for our players, you know, just to prep for that, if you can get an account ready, I've already started building those events in, in that system. Um, but that'll be a way for us to, you know, track and share everybody's progress with the rest of the world. Yeah, long shanks is not an app, by the way. It's just a web-based program. It's fairly simple to sign up for and free there's really it it's it's not too bad once you get used to it it's it's and it makes every running everything much easier wonderful all right so i guess with that that's going to go ahead and closes out to everything so do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this I up i'm suddenly giddy for nova it's three weeks out now i'm excited uh, after nova we got the sussy scuff coming up that's going to be our 3v3 uh metal off tournament here on the east coast uh that's scheduled for 7 october at the battle bunker tickets are also available for that on a uh, table top events we'll be plugging that pretty hard after nova oh uh, battle reports again july was a busy month you know it like served the country and all that but we're going to be back to filming in the next couple weeks here so thanks everybody for your patience and look forward to seeing you uh in dc yeah all right cool so from everybody here in delaware thank you so much for giving us your time and we will catch you on the next episode take care everybody bye bye